Hello there, how are you? Um, actually, I'm going to stop saying hello from now on, and how are you? Because you can't answer back. I mean, you're welcome to answer back, but that's what you say when you answer the phone, isn't it? Um, but actually, a little fact, when I shared it on the podcast, the word hello, H-E-L-L-O, was invented by Edison. It originated from the word hullo, H-U-L-L-O, and that was often used as a expression of surprise. So if you found something, you go, hello, what's this? I still would say it myself. I go, hello, what's that? Um, it's kind of a very English thing to do. But when he was testing the phone out with Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the phone, he answered the phone and said, hello. And then Bell thought, oh, that sounds like a quite clear way to greet someone over the phone. And that's how it got invented, H-E-L-L-O. Yeah, so it's used for the phone, not for podcasts. So I'm just going to start with an announcement from now on. My announcement is, dum dum dum, all my events are sold out apart from December 14th, Soul and Soul Handstand Workshop, Heels Overhead. As you know, all information is on my website, but if you want to book with them directly, you just go to saltandsoul.ie and you can book in for December 14th in Sligo. For the, my guest today is Doug Robson, otherwise known as the Downward Doug. So Doug, is, this is his second time on the podcast, and I know I shouldn't have favourites, but I really like Doug, and I love him as a guest. He's um, he's funny, he's a deep thinker, and he's very authentic. And I realised that on this podcast. People like it because of the authenticity. I mean, I try to be as um, professional as I can because I, I want to be good at this, at this craft of interviewing people. But at the same time, I don't want it to be too slick like a radio show. And I just want it to... F I, I feel like when I'm chatting to the person, the mic just happens to be on and you're you're listening in. Listening in. Um, so... Yeah, my intention is that we, we start real conversations. And I think what can get in the way of this is people getting offended too easily. People getting attached to ideas when really ideas are transient. They come and go and we can always change our mind. And I think we're going to build more understanding with each other and the world if we have these conversations. So with Doug, we talk about training. We talk about teaching. Obviously, we talk a lot about yoga, but we also talk about things like cultural appropriation in terms like white privilege. Um, and this is the climate we're living in these days and stuff, stuff we have to be aware of. So I hope that the, the podcast is interesting for you. Maybe you learn something for it. Maybe you just have a bit of a laugh listening to it. Either way, that, that would be fantastic. If you do enjoy it, as always, share it with your friends on IG stories, please, or leave it a review on iTunes. And uh, because that really helps. Also, what helps is my sponsor, Small Changes. Organic, eco-friendly shop here based in Dublin, Ireland. They are all plant-based, whole foods. All their products offer refills. They have a juice bar and they're all about a zero waste, waste ethos. That's based in Small Changes, Dublin, Ireland, Drumcondra. So go and check them out. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it for my intro. I'm going to mix the intro up a little bit now. No more hello, how are you? Because I want to do Edison respect and use it correctly. And uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Without further ado, here's Doug. 
What's up, Doug? Hey, Kevin. Gone. <laughs> it's great to be here again. It's great to be here again. I feel like this is the only way we get to converse. I know. It's true, the, man. Yeah. Through the medium of a podcast. This yeah. is it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a massive fan of speaking on the phone. Y- yeah. You? I know. I like it. Yeah, you like it. I, I like a phone call. I just think you get to the bottom of things a bit quicker. Yeah. The text, also, it's less, it's less labor intensive. Mm. Chatting, you're like, all right, look, this, this, and this. Also, I like it as a means of, I don't know, just checking in with people. I think you're right. Maybe I need to revisit my relationship with phone calls because I've had so many mess ups through text, things misinterpreted, mm-hmm. things that are, particularly in, in relationships. Yeah, that's a big one because there's no tone of voice in a message. Yeah. You know, you can't read the same word with different inflections can mean completely different things so i think in the phone call you can get to the bottom of it quickly you get a feedback loop that's real time yeah so you can confirm are we meeting at this time you know as you've asked it whether you are do you know what i mean as opposed to text it's like back and forth and you might not get to the answer you wanted to or answer one of the things i don't know phone calls are just a good way of checking also with social media sometimes i think you can think that you know what's going on with someone because you've seen that they in tuscany but you know you haven't actually asked them about their holiday mm. and there's a joy in telling people about what you're doing mm. um and actually them having an interest in what you're doing i think it, it does well to keep relationships alive i think i think that, that you know you said to me yesterday about you you called me but you worried that i might have been in class this mm. morning was the first time ever my phone rang in class and i have it on do not disturb mm-hmm. i have it on Air, not airplane mode, but uh, do not disturb. Si- yeah, yeah, I have on do yeah. not disturb, and I have it's on silent. silent. I mean, this too. But for Actually, some reason, take that off. For some reason, it overran or overran the. Mm-hmm. Do you want to check maybe that someone hasn't tried to call you twice? Because I think do not disturb will stay there. But if they call you more than once, they assume that might be an emergency. Exactly, that's what happened. Um, I think that's what happened. I'll give you a great get out of um, out of trouble with that one. I learned because the first time mortified me in class. I didn't yeah. know what to do. My music went off, and then I was like really flustered um the best thing to do is say oh that's my phone um and then go to your phone address it and then say to the class sorry about that guys it's just the yoga gods they said i'm doing a great job (laughs) (laughs) you're back in you're back in (laughs) i like that um um how how do you stand actually on or what's your stance on podcasts over the phone have you done? Um, are you, are you, I haven't done any. No. no. I mean, I've done one where I was a guest on one, but I haven't done them myself. I mean, I've been trying to get Richie Norton, Strength Temple. Man, that guy is elusive, man. He's he's an interesting guy. Like mm. you should you should definitely follow him. He's got his own thing going on. Uh, I met him at Wellfest. Uh, I knew who he was before. He's, he used to live in Bali, and um, asked him about doing the podcast. He was totally up for it. Then he was in London, but he didn't have enough time. And then I was at this festival this weekend at Soul Circus and he was there and I ran into him. I had my podcast kit and I brought it not knowing he was there. I was like, mate, come on today. And he managed to get by me again. (laughs) God damn it. I was like, I cannot. So he is the only one I've I've kind of suggested just to make it easier. But like, I like the face-to-face thing. I like chatting. I like doing something with it. Like when I had Tom Bliss and Courtney, the two that are coming on to my retreat with me, we made it a full day thing. We went training together during the day. They took me for a session. Which wasn't a session, by the way. It was four sessions. It was four CrossFit wads back to back. Oh, shit. Oh, I was in pieces. They're animals. Yeah. <laughs> animals. 
Um, but yeah, I like that. I like that aspect because then you get to meet them, you get to hang out with them mm. and you get to know them a little bit better. You know, yeah. so I like I like that whole thing. For me, it's as much a networking tool as it is a informative tool. Yeah. You know, so I, I should say as well, we're joined by the lovely Erica Bracken. Yeah, I call Erica my Jamie when it's in the scenario. <laughs> She says I need to explain what yeah. or who Jamie is. And it's because Joe Rogan has Jamie, who's the uh, guy on the computer. Young Jamie. Young Jamie, exactly. <laughs> he's a fine young gentleman. He's always, I love watching, he sometimes pops things up on the screen before Joe's asked. Man. He's a magician. Yeah. So uh, Eric is great. If we have any fact checks, <laughs> any, any fact checks, she's always good to have there. Especially about Finland. If it's Finland, we don't even need to check the... Uh, <laughs> no Google check, needed. Yeah, no Google needed. We're straight into it. Um, yeah, we had a bit of... Um, on the way here today, uh, Erica, unfortunately, left her phone behind. Mm -hmm. But then it, the, the, it just shows you how good humans can be. Someone picked up your phone, didn't they? And they left it somewhere for you. Yeah. They called it. So thank you to that person. Shout but this is, this is what I'm saying about the current climate of things. Like we're made to believe we live in an awful time. Oh, interesting. But the, the fact is on almost all metrics, or I would go as far as saying on all metrics of well-being, um, we're up, mm. you know? Crime is down, violence is definitely down, poverty is down, illiteracy is down, dysentery is down. Yeah. You know, eye patches are down. Like everything, <laughs> everything from the past that was bad, was we are slowly eradicating. I mean, we've almost got control of all diseases. But my point being, is that I think what's behind that is if you have a rising tide, it you know, all ships rise with it. Mm. You know, so as the world has got better, we're actually into a better place. But there's actually a book you maybe were referring to. It, mm. but I think it's called Factfulness. Have you heard of it? No. It's essentially um, the main takeaway from it is that. Every single um, bad thing that can happen, it, it, oh, sorry, I have to rephrase this. Um, the world is getting safer. Mm -hmm. We're living better than we've ever lived. And it shows you like uh, the murder rates yeah. in the world they've and how off. they've fallen off. Uh. But what happens is we are fed news on repeat yeah. that keeps us scared. 24 and hour news cycle. 24 hour news cycle, yeah. yeah. I, and, I, and then you've got, you know, there's certain politicians that are also throwing stuff our way. You know, I just, my whole thing is, um, Erica is sick to death of me talking about it. <laughs> people like um, Alexandria Corte Cortez, yes. which I'm sure is a lovely person. What's that acronym that is? A AOC. AOC, yeah. That's, that's what everyone calls her. Yeah. Um, and it's been great, I think, for her brand to have that little catchy nickname, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but their whole thing of like, we need to change everything, you know, we need to restructure society and change capitalism because it's not working from my standpoint i'm like it's, it is working mm. like it's not perfect mm -hmm. you know there's still people getting left behind but it, it's working pretty well so you know if your house is mainly good but you might want to change your loft i wouldn't stop by tearing down the whole house mm -hmm. you know i'll yeah. just start sorting those things out so that's kind of how i feel about those things so when people get a bit negative about like the trajectory of the world and this is a problem and this is a problem and uh, terrorism is another one that is down massively mm -hmm. like it was at its peak in the 70s and you know somewhere like northern ireland there were, there were bombs going off mm -hmm. all the time like you 
I think you're more likely to die of obesity now than wow. in a terror attack. Should be scared of McDonald's. Be scared this, of that. This is the point. <laughs> this is what we should be talking about, you know. Eat, eat, those are big issues. Like mm. we're talking about actual numbers of people being hurt by something. Mm. That's a big one, you know. But I think that crime, the most popular documentaries on Netflix are crime documentaries, particularly like, yeah, tr True Life. Uh, I'm a sucker and, for them. I and, love them. And they're, they're, there's, you, there's so many on Netflix now. And supposedly it's because we have it built into us in our, our, our programming that we look out for bad news because we don't really care about what keeps us alive. We want to find out what's going to kill us. What could the could the person down the road who's your friendly neighbor mm -hmm. be a serial killer? Yeah, yeah. And that fascinates us. And also, I think it fascinates us to realize what we're capable of. So I find it interesting when you see someone who's like, this was Jeff. He was 19. Mm. He was the quarterback and he was, you know, handsome. And then he... I don't think there's ever been a quarterback named Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> Jeff is in the stands. <laughs> I'm almost guaranteeing you. Well, hold on. He, what, are you, what are you trying to say? He is captain of the chess team. <laughs> so, um, and then, but then he's on the side, he was killing, you know, people like he's killed. And I think that is kind of interesting because we want to know. Well, what to look out for as humans. Mm. I think another thing that is programmed into us is distraction and how... What's that? <laughs> hey! All I... day, baby. <laughs> Sometimes it's not worth having Erica here on the phone. Right. Thanks, Erica and Google. Um, yeah, and the other thing is um, we are addicted to our phones. Okay, mm -hmm. I am. I definitely am. Um, and... But it's because once upon a time, we would have to look out and we want to seek new information and distraction because we can't just focus on one task. Because once upon a time in hunter-gatherer societies, if you were focused on one thing and something came to attack you or was hunting you, mm. you wouldn't know about it. So you need to be able to ch change directions. But again, it's almost like that distraction, which our phone has given us, and the bad news compound, come together mm -hmm. and create... I think a real kind of underlying undercurrent of, of, of anxiety mm. and I, I add coffee into that as well. And yeah, look, by the way, the party, the nettle tea, which I'd heard so much about in the last podcast, uh, you were never getting away without making me one. I mean, this <laughs> is, it's beautiful. What do, you, what do you think? I, it doesn't taste like nettles at all. <laughs> Not what I thought nettles would taste. I mean, it probably does. That's probably the name is on the tin. It tastes like the earth. Am I right? Um, Mother Earth. It's sweeter than I imagined. There's nothing in it. I mean, Th but that's what I mean. It's it's interesting. Um, mm. No, it's lovely. I I can recommend. Is this not something for you to go into, Kev? What tea? Kev's nettle tea. <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you, stop worrying about getting sponsors. Just start making your own products. Well, actually, um, I had a couple of coffee companies that were... Oh, no. <laughs> no I, had a, I, had a, I had a couple of coffee companies that were potentially going to spo uh -huh. sponsor the podcast. But I've now stopped drinking coffee. coffee. So, uh, sh so shout out to Wall and Kyo. If you're listening. Well, I'm going to go a little further. Shout out to the Downward Doug that does drink coffee, that has his own podcast. If you are looking to sponsor a podcast, then may I suggest getting down with Doug? There you go. I'll talk to you after about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so coffee. Mm -hmm. So you're saying the perfect storm. Bad news. Coffee. Bad news. Phone. Access to information all the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Thoughts. I, I th thoughts, I think Doug. Thoughts. Okay. Coffee for one. 
I quite like coffee. I quite like the taste. I think we consume it too much and mm. probably quite often for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you definitely want to, as it with anything, watch your consumption. I personally, when I was, it was December last year, I was having a hard time sleeping, getting a proper sleeping pattern. And one of the things that really helped was taking coffee um, at least before three o'clock. I won't, that's the last stop off is like 3 p.m. coffee. That's the last time you can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that did help a lot. Uh, if you're talking about... What's a bit hung, Doug? You're saying that t- drinking coffee before 3 p.m. helped you to sleep. No, as in I wouldn't drink coffee after 3 p.m. I, oh, phrased, sorry, I sorry. phrased it. Yeah, I phrased it in the wrong way. No, yeah. I got you. So I wouldn't have it any time after 3 p.m. I, I felt, felt like that helped massively. As for our access to information, I think there is a problem here. And this is where I think the problem is. In your world here, in your subsection of where you live, something really bad happening this year is quite low. In five years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. If you open up that geographic location to Greater Dublin, it gets bigger. If you open it up to the UK, even bigger. If you open up to the world, it's probably a one-in-one chance that something bad is happening right now. And that's the problem. We have access to what's going on everywhere. So we collate all of this bad news and go, wow, the world is terrible. Mm. Instead of thinking, actually, for the most part, in most people's lives, nothing bad's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, in comparison to the number of people in the world, things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the danger. And because it's all bad news, we go, wow, we are screwed out there. Mm-hmm. Like people are getting shot everywhere. People's heads are getting cut off. Like it's not, I don't think it's, we forget how big the world is. Mm. Like, of course, something bad is happening somewhere. The incredible thing, like Jordan Peterson says, is why is it not happening everywhere? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're supposedly just these apes, yeah. which in which case we should be, as men, particularly as, as bigger men, you should just take what you want. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We've decided that it's better to live in harmony. Mm-hmm. For the most part, most countries have decided it's better to live in harmony than at war mm-hmm. because trade is actually better. You know, if you're purely selfish, it works out better for you not to be at war. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we cooperate more than we we fight. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that's worth remembering. And also, if the news of any description is causing anxiety, get rid of it. Mm. I mean, Naval Ravikant goes as far as saying... I love him. Don't listen to any YouTube, you know, channels. Don't listen to the news. It is all wasting your time. It's all making you think that something important is happening when it's not. Mm. Forget about all that. You've got your own things going on. Mm. don't get caught up in that which i'm not sure how i feel and agreed i think he is one of the most interesting people and agreed i would i'd go as far as saying if you haven't listened to his full two and a half hour i think it's almost three hour now podcast he does little sound bites of two minute three minute ones but you can listen to the last episode is all of them at once mm-hmm. and it's just gold pieces of gold all over the it place is, it's just gold 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 and on he, Joe Rogan as well, he was phenomenal. He was, and that's what put me onto him. I was like, "What is this guy saying?" After that, I kind of started listening to stuff about game theory, which was also very interesting. Um, I forget the guy that he always quotes. I'm f- I am familiar with game theory. Can you refresh me? It, it is confusing, is what I can say. It's this idea that there's different games, there's finite games and infinite games, uh, and depending on which one is there, you need to act accordingly. So mm. is it, the problems come in when people play finite games in an infinite arena. And yeah, 
that face <laughs> that you're pulling is what my brain is doing <laughs> as I think about it. But that's one of the things he quotes. And I, if I could remember the name of the guy he really looks up to that's written most of the books on it. Right. Talib. Talib something. Jamie, can we get a little check? <laughs> Talib. Professor Talib. If you listen to Naval Ravikant with him, that is fascinating stuff too. Ravikant is his name, isn't it? Naval Ravikant. Because I always call him Naval. Naval, yeah. Just because it's, it's cool. His second name is, is I get confused too because the other guy I really like is Yuval. Yuval Harari. Oh, the... Who wrote Homo Deus Homo Sapiens. and Sapiens yeah. and also 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Mm-hmm. All fascinating stuff, you know. And he's also one of the guys that's telling you like things are good right now and what we should be worrying is maybe about AI uh, and what happens with that. Have you seen The Great Hack? I watched The Great Hack. Yes. I thought it was very interesting. I mean, a spoiler... Well, I was going to say spoiler alert, but essentially it's about Facebook and Cambridge Analytica and their, that scandal and how nations and politics within nations, particularly like voting systems, are massively affected by bots, mm-hmm. which is an abbreviation of robots. Nice. Art, thank you. Artificial, <laughs> uh, which is artificial, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the examples they gave in The Great Hack, is, I mean, I think it's probably worth a watch. It is. Mm-hmm. It drags a little bit. Yeah, they lose their way towards the end. You're like, okay, <laughs> what now? Like, let's... Yeah. I think it, it's a problem with so many things. They want to say too much. Mm-hmm. Focus on a message. Yeah. I mean, um, people may not realize this, but when you're on Facebook, you're being fed the same... They, they analyze your patterns, what you like to look at, and they feed you more of that. Mm. And this was... Which, which kind of, on, as a business model, mm. that's not evil per se, but it kind of... It makes sense. Mm-hmm. The ramifications seem to be working out quite negatively. But if you were in a supermarket... It, surely the supermarket's going to try its best to put the things that you want the most in front of you. Yeah. So I get that as a logic pattern, it makes sense. But I want to think broadly. What is it? Um, it said, uh, Musashi said, think broadly to see the, and then you see the way in all things or something. Mm. I, in the Musashi, the samurai. But it is, I, I don't want to think broadly. Uh, and I get frustrated when I go on to my, and Google and it suggests things or YouTube and it's the same stuff I always look at. Mm. It's well, it doesn't matter what I look at apart from like, <laughs> yeah, puppy, puppies and cats. No, but elephants all, on skateboards. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah, just I'm a real thinker. <laughs> um, but it's I, I want something outside of that, you know, because um, mm. otherwise, if our mind becomes too narrow then it can create conflict. And this is actually what I wanted to, speaking of conflict, Mm -hmm. to ask you about. um, And I don't even want to talk about this, but Uh I'm sure you will want to. (laughs) It's anything you won't talk about. (laughs) Um, That that some sort of dispute you had with someone online about words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great way to describe it because that's what it is. Have you spoken about this before? No. Okay. No. I I um and now just to give context, it's been deleted since or something, has it? Yeah, I couldn't find it again now, and you know I wouldn't mention the person anyway because for me it's not about um calling someone out and trying to brandish someone as you know this or that. I I think that's the problem we do. We attach an idea to someone and they can't ever shake that idea off. You know, yeah. there's no redemption, which I yeah. think is a horrible place for the world. Like there's always redemption, and thank God for that because Agreed. what are we going to do otherwise? How are we going to learn? You know. Um, that's something we always talk about with people with getting banned for life from Twitter. You're like, come on, like, what is the way back? Like, mm-hmm. are some people beyond it? No, I don't think so. I think everyone should have a, sh- a shot at redemption. 
Um, not that she deserves it from me. I saw what, what she wrote as uh, problematic. And, you know. Give us the juice. So, in short. <clears throat> wow, here we go. In short, after, if I recall correctly, the Alabama ruling about abortion. Which was? Which was that uh, they are now going to make abortion illegal. Now, I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know it that well. Something that they're going to make abortion legal and doctors that perform it are liable to get prosecuted too. Mm-hmm. But I think there were more caveats to that than... Uh, yeah, under, yeah, it was, there were a lot of caveats about it, but the take-home message was that uh, these America, this mm-hmm. American state had decided that you couldn't uh, have an abortion and you could be uh, prosecuted if you did, okay? So that caused a lot of uproar. Now, I'm making no comment on that ruling. My problem with this was the person that was trying to get us on board with that, saying that this is wrong which you're entitled to. If you think that's wrong, I totally get it. If you think it's right, I also totally get it. But her thing was, how can we live in a world where 12 white men get to tell us mm. what we do with our body? Mm. And my point being that she was doing her best to try bring people together. And my point was, if you're looking to bring people together, I don't think mentioning the fact that these were males or that they were white is the best solution. Yeah, we'll and my, my, my point being is that why wouldn't... 12 men be able to come up with uh, a law you know there's no there's nothing that women aren't allowed to tell how can i say yeah there's no women can't tell men about their bodies you know i feel like if i'm being clear 12 men could come up with a ruling that might be completely correct it's not the fact that they were male or that they were white that makes the ruling bad mm-hmm. if you don't like the ruling that's fair enough. You've got your own ethical standpoint. But don't say it's bad because people were male or because they were white. Mm. That was my real problem with it. So I said as much. And uh, this had a lot of backlash. And, you know, they were like, no, you know, this is totally wrong. And I was like, look, I get if you don't like it, I totally get that. But if you're trying to bring people together, don't start quoting people's race and gender. And for some reason, when that race and gender is white or male, suddenly it's fair game, yeah. you know. And what I find ironic was that, which is something we need to talk about too, um, what I find ironic about that was that when the ruling was the other way, uh, Roe versus Wade, then it was fine. Roe versus Wade? That was the original ruling that allowed abortion Okay. in most states. And at that case, it was 12 men that decided that too. So when 12 white men decided something that you agree with, no problem. Mm-hmm. 12 white men decide something that you don't agree with, this is a problem because they're white and male. Mm-hmm. I think there's a flaw in that logic. That was my point. Anyway, it it started kind of a back and forth. And it's the first time I ever got into it on Instagram, which is funny because when people talk about it on Twitter, I'm always like, how do people get into stuff on Twitter? It's such a waste of time. And I was that guy. I got pulled in. I got pulled in deep, you know, and I was just like, I'm just, I'm not okay with people acting virtuous when it's not that, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you just for me you just have to be sound with your logic if you're going to take a stand on a moral standpoint mm-hmm. you know so either race and gender don't matter and people should be treated equally and you apply that across the board or you believe they do matter and you apply that across the board mm-hmm. but don't tell me race and gender don't matter except in this case when people are white and male then it's a problem mm-hmm. you know there's something inherently wrong with males or white people i just think putting that front and center 
of someone's personality or being is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you didn't tell me anything about those people. You just quoted two immutable facts, which they have no control over. Just mm-hmm. like I have no control over which one of those things I was born as. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can't, I can't change those things. Why should I be made to feel bad about it? Yeah. Agreed. So anyway, it started a back and forth with this. And I just see a lot of this where it's this understanding that, you know, the pendulum has been in one direction for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now it's okay to slag off this other subsect of white and males because, you know, they had it good for a while. It, maybe they did, but, I, you know, I didn't do anything. I didn't oppress anyone. Mm-hmm. Why should I be made to feel like I'm part of that group? I, I just think we're polarizing the world by looking at it as these categories mm-hmm. as opposed to just going, ah, oh, that's a person. I don't like what that person did. Mm-hmm. You know, you do, I don't think we should be applying their immutable facts to what we don't like about them mm-hmm. is my point. And it's quite often done by people that are f- feeling like they're virtuous and standing up for something that's, you know, morally right by doing this thing that I see as heinous. Mm-hmm. Like just, if you don't like this ruling, cool. Just say you don't like the ruling, but don't make it about that because you are excluding a whole subsect of, of population. Mm-hmm. As you might imagine on Instagram, it maybe didn't come out that eloquently <laughs> if it has come out eloquently out like this now, but it, we, we just talked past each other. And um, some of the people, the listener from this show actually got hold of me. It was like, actually I listened to your last podcast and I was appalled at how you felt about what white privilege. And um, I just think, you know, it's not right for a yoga teacher to feel like that or something like those lines. I don't want to paraphrase the person too. Again, I couldn't find that old post. So so they listened to our podcast. Yeah, and they'd heard me on here and they were like, they weren't happy with me not subscribing to white privilege. Yeah. You know, which I was like, it's not that I don't subscribe to it. I just think it exists just as much as a female privilege might exist or black privilege might exist. I think in every grouping, there, there may be a privilege and there may be drawbacks. Yeah. And also it may be context- contextual and it also might be geographical. Mm-hmm. You know, And my point was, if you think there's a lot of white privilege, go to Zimbabwe and tell all those people how privileged they are when they get kicked off their farm and killed for being white. It's not such a privilege there. Mm-hmm. And he, his point was, oh, of course, it's different for them. And I said, that's the point. You can't use a term like white privilege if it doesn't apply across the board. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't acri- apply across the board, why are we using the term? If it can't actually tell you anything, unless you're willing to ask every individual, I see you're white. I assume you're privileged. Do you want to tell me a bit about your background? In which case, what was the point in assuming they had privilege in the first place? So anyway, I had some back and forth. Then a, a woman from Zimbabwe messaged me to say, thank you for that, because I feel like this all the time. We get told <laughs> we're bad people and people don't realize what's happening to us. Mm. You know, ironically, there's a privilege applied to people that don't live in Africa that they don't realize that being white might not be great in other places. You know, even when we went to this little lemon summit, they, I kind of get my back up with the stuff because it's just seen as the zeitgeist now. And like people just get away with saying stuff without thinking because they're just repeating what's kind of popular. It was something like, you know, take a step forward, your lineup, which is kind of a good idea to show you kind of where you are in your lives. And it's like step, take a step forward. If you've grown up in a a single parent house or whatever it is, you know, a middle class background or whatever and you walk forward and you realize that some people start in different places and i i look mm-hmm. i understand that 
understand that some people's lives are harder than others. But one of the questions was, um, take a step forward. If you see, if, if on TV you see people that look like you more often than not. And I was like, again, this is so contextual. Yeah, if, I go, if I go to India, probably not. I remember watching a lot of Nollywood movies back home in Botswana. No, not so much. Did that have a huge impact on my like feeling of confidence? No. Like I think we don't give people enough credit. Yeah. You know, I'm sure people can still do very well if they don't see a lot of people that look like them on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that's the basis of how well they're doing. So it was just like off the back of that, this conversation came up and a lot of back and forth. And we haven't spoken much since then. But I kind of, I feel like we were both saying at the end of most, not rants, but kind of paragraphs. By the way, you know, it's not, I'm not angry at you. I just think this is important. Mm. And that was kind of nice to have that, you know. But it was funny to see the, um, yeah, to see how much that, how much how reactive people were to that, mm. but, um, and but, I felt like I was trying I was kind of trying to be reasonable, mm-hmm. um, but also people uh, it, they consider it to be their identity. They're like if and people try to put themselves in with minorities so they can almost fight their corner. Yeah, and and almost it's like this anger's come from somewhere and it comes out as if as that they're trying to take the moral high ground. Yeah. I think with Lululemon, that example, it, it probably may be doing it because it's, it is an interesting thing to do, initially mm. a group exercise to do, but um, well, I can't assume why they're doing it, but uh, no, I, 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 think, look, I, I think it's interesting, but it is, it's very subjective. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I, the task they were doing, the, the exercise, I, I remember reading up the first time it was used, it was like in a prison. And uh, people visiting the prisoners to show how those prisoners had come from all a very similar background and all the journalists had come from a very similar background and those backgrounds were distinctly different. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking down to uh, Lululemon per se, but that yeah. exercise that we did, it was just that though, that question, I felt like that's one of those questions now that we don't even push back on. We're like, yeah. Yeah. you know, we just assume that's, that's okay. Um, you know, I, I, there's a teacher coming to Dublin very soon called Sam Lee Vitaro. Do you know her name? Verano, I think, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying this because she makes it all public on Instagram, so mm-hmm. I'm sure it's fine to say. And I find her, her message fascinating because I think she was coming to teach workshops here. I thought, okay, so I'll follow her. And I thought... The first day I followed her, I seen her stories and, you know, it's just tons of stories in one day. You know, when there's so many stories. Oh, yeah, it goes tiny. The it's just dots. dots. They're just dots. Yeah. They're just dots. <laughs> and you end up just like flicking through them. I thought, oh, no, this this person, this poor soul, is it seems to be having a bit of a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Like, um, let me watch more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so I thought to myself, like. Should I message her to say, you know, is everything okay, even though I don't know you? Mm-hmm. And I thought, I won't. I don't know her, so I'm not going to say anything, mm. you know. Next day, it was the same thing, pretty much. Next day, pretty much the same thing. Just a lot of very intense messages. And the content was all about cultural appropriation. You know, if you're, you know, white men and, and all the, and, oh, the whole, that whole uh, rhetoric. And I thought to myself, I, so I sent her a message to say, hi, um, 
would you like to be a guest on my podcast? Great idea. And she said, what's the podcast about? I said, teaching yoga mainly. Mm. That's what it's about. No response. Uh, I hope to hear. I hope to hear back from her if she's listening. I would would like to speak to her because I would like to have a conversation with someone who has those views and to get an understanding of why they feel that way. Yeah. Like, I, where has this come from? Because <clears throat> I, I think that um, you you're not your views. You know. Mm. You, you, you. Oh no. Sorry. That's that's not where we're saying it. Views should be discussed in a way that um, we don't attach our identity to them. Yeah. Because views can change. I think it should be like clay. Your views should be like clay. You put them into a mold and you'd be like, this is how I feel now. Mm. Then someone could talk to you and give you some input or add something to it. And you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I can change it. Mm. You know, instead, like you say, you shouldn't be attached to it and be like, I vehemently believe in this. And no matter what you say, I'll still believe in this. Mm. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be right. I just want the truth. And I want the best access to that as possible. So I, I believe most of these people aren't. I don't think they're nuts, but I think, I don't know that all of them have thought through what they're saying. I think a lot of it's repetition, a little bit like being a yoga teacher. When you first start teaching, you're like, you say the things all the teachers said before you, Mm -hmm. you know, don't do this and put your foot here and you speak just like someone else. You parrot learn from them. Mm -hmm. And only later you go, why do I say that? Like, what is that? Is there a reason? And then you you develop. But I don't think everyone goes through that process. And it's important that people get pushed on their ideas, including us, Mm -hmm. including you and including me, that I have to really think about what I'm saying to go, maybe I haven't thought this through. Maybe you are right. And I'm open to that. Um, It's good to be... Sorry, Doug, go on. I was just going to say, at the end of this, I'd said to this, in this Instagram interaction, I'd said, you are proposing that white privilege exists. The, uh, the onus or rather the burden of proof is on you mm-hmm. how is it that it exists show me show me the evidence oh yeah here's this paper which i knew he was going to put forward because i know the background of it it's a 19, 1988 paper which by the way wasn't a scientific piece of research mm-hmm. it was just how someone felt i think it was like unpacking the knapsack of white privilege and that that's what they've hung this whole thing on it's like Someone wrote a paper once. I'll tell you what, I'll write a quick paper. Mm. And now this is now truth. Yeah. Like no one digs into it and goes, hang on, is there any evidence for this? And I think that's important. Yeah. You know, I think though that the medium of Instagram is so limited there because for example, this same person, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 Vetrano. Sam. Yeah. So Sam, I mean, been afraid to say like this same girl or lady cause you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but this same, so Sam, she talked about, white people pretty much shouldn't have dreadlocks you know like don't know why and and uh, it's cultural appropriation uh, mm. now that's not verbatim but it was in that uh, that that was her th- mm. thought her message and uh, dreadlocks have been there's statues of dreadlocks in the spartan area uh, mm. sorry there's statues with dreadlocks in the spartan area uh, um, uh, era there's been dreadlocks like the dreadlocks are not an African an African thing necessarily, <clears throat> and it just but this whole thing of cultural appropriation to me is ridiculous because cultures take on other cultures. That's, That's what, we, what do. we do. Yeah, That's what we do. Yeah. We're drinking tea. Yeah, like should that also stop? Because <laughs> you know, are the Chinese like just going? This is this is bull. <laughs> Did you hear these two guys? In Dublin, are drinking our tea. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how cultures work. I can't agree with you more. Yeah, and and also who are these people that are offended by it? And if so, I always say offense cannot be taken 
I mean, offense can only be taken, not given. Yes, dog. I've, I've used that one before. I'm, it's so true, though. So speaking of offense, actually, mm-hmm. a couple, okay, a couple, you're gonna shout at me. You <laughs> <laughs> piece of no. shit. <laughs> uh, so last about two weekends ago, I was in London and I watched um, the Book of Mormons. Have uh-huh. you have you seen it? I've seen it. Yeah. Oh my god! So I was I was there in the crowd, and it was so. Uh, offensive you could say mm. that people just i i had i was like i, I had my mouth covered with my hand yeah, yeah. i was laughing part of me my face was hurting from laughing so much i had to go mm. i had to actually go to the bathroom and massage my jaw with the heel of my hands because my jaw muscles were hurting but i thought this is so refreshing and i could see some people i was kind of looking at other people in the, in the audience and they were a bit like you know offended you could mm. tell by their body language and i thought this is so refreshing this is so brilliant. Like that is what I love about comedy. Uh, people like Louis C.K. I adore Louis C.K. Oh, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Okay, so he likes to masturbate in front of people. All right, hey. that's Louis C.K. Uh-huh. Now, w- with L- Louis C.K., I don't know if we spoke about this. Before. I like that idea of that's on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Louis C.K. <laughs> like to masturbate in front of people. What a guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but li- li- but. Um, so everyone has not everyone has some people have sex fetishes or who defines no, exactly <laughs> everyone's got th- their thing right yeah, their sure thing. whatever and um, you know his thing was uh, to say look is it okay if I masturbate in front of you mm-hmm. and Sarah Silverman said for Sarah example Silverman, she, so, she used to promote it say so, yeah go ahead or sometimes or sometimes um, she would say oh come on no. <laughs> just one for all time yeah, sake yeah this is it like <laughs> This this gets left out massively, and sometimes you'd say, "Nah, yeah, nonstop. exactly, yeah, busy guy, okay, whatever." Um, and so, that, but Louis C.K., you know, he's gonna say something. You're like, "Oh, go on, is he mm. gonna say that thing that we're gonna say?" And he says it, and it's like really offensive. Like he said, "I know babies were AIDS or something," and you're like, mm. and, "And it's like that is in the context of the joke, it's really really funny." Mm-hmm. And I think that is so needed. That's what I love about I love about comedy. Well, I think comedy is supposed to be that mirror and also that line. It, it's showing us where that line is. They daring to go where we haven't. Just like sports stars or extreme athletes do stuff that we don't dare do to show us where the limit might be, mm. you know, and they may hurt themselves really badly, just like comedians might hurt themselves really badly by getting it wrong, overstepping that line. But that their point is to show that line, and that's why comedy doesn't age well. And that's why social media is mm. such bullshit when they go, oh my God, did you hear that joke he said 17 years ago? Yeah, yeah. You're like, it wasn't okay. Yeah, it's not okay now, but it was okay then. Like it's not, we can't keep holding people to these sins of either their father or even their past self. Like, I don't think that's fair to, yeah. to them. That's yeah. their job is they have to keep pushing the limit. Otherwise they're not funny. That's the thing. If you say something now, like on a podcast like this, or you say it in a video, that's always there, isn't mm. it? And it can that's re- what's new. Yeah, it's new. Mm. Everything you do that, you, well, that you because you, you, you produce a lot of content, it can be traced back. To, yeah. you know, look at this video Doug made five years ago mm-hmm. when he said something. And language is changing so quickly. Yeah, exactly. What's allowed and what's not. But this is a great example. Okay, so that's like saying, let's put it back into the yoga context. Okay, here's a into video. The, into the video context. Into the yoga context. Oh, yoga, sorry. So here's a video of Doug <clears throat> seven years ago doing a yoga tutorial video. And uh, look how he's not cueing these things correctly. And then saying, that's why he shouldn't be a teacher now. Mm-hmm. What if the teacher I am now is totally different? And I've learned from all those things. Yeah. 
It doesn't make any sense, right? That's mm -hmm. illogical. Mm -hmm. But what we do with these comedians and go, look at that thing he said 17 years ago. Oh, he shouldn't be allowed to perform now because he said that back then. Mm -hmm. Like, where's this again? Where's this line for redemption? Where's this allowance for people to grow and to change? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work if we hold them to account to, to these things back in the, especially when they've addressed them, mm -hmm. you know, which yeah. is the big thing. Yeah. Kevin Hart addressed what he had said. Yeah. That I found, and I love that he then said, I'm not going to host it because I don't want me to be the biggest deal about this event. Mm. Because even though you allow me to do it, one, I'm not going to apologize again, because that's how it always seems to go. It seems to be it's never enough, you know. But this is, I think there's this thing that people, you talk about identity, people attach their identity to showing you how you're wrong or how what things you've said that are no longer allowed. And it becomes a power trip, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, you can't say that. Oh, yeah, we know we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that's actually really offensive in these parts. Quite often they aren't the spokesperson. And I think it's quite patronizing for them to take on the mantle as spokesperson for those groups. Yeah. Why can't those groups speak for themselves? And who's saying that these groups are homogenous in such a way that we can even assume that all of them feel offended by something? Mm -hmm. What happened to feeling that people are so individual that we might not be able to apply a group think to all of them? And that's where I think we are now. We should stop thinking in group Mm -hmm. groupings like we're so diverse now mm -hmm. like we're in a group of three caucasian people i grew up in botswana i live in the uk now you are from the uk you now live in dublin erica came from cork and now lives in dublin now we're going to try say that the three of us have some shared life experience <laughs> just because we have the same amount of melanin in our skin mm. bonkers mm -hmm. absolutely bonkers we got the same amount of privilege because of the amount of melanin in our skin also bonkers mm -hmm. i just don't subscribe to this and i think it's dangerous this is what we've done for years. Hitler did something very similar. He said, all those people that have this genetic aspect that is similar makes them all the same. Mm. We don't want that world. Like, give people the benefit of the doubt. But I would invite you to talk to this <coughs> person, mm -hmm. if that's what they would prefer to be called. I don't know. Judging from your action, I thought maybe. But Sam, was it? Sam. So, talk, because I feel like people can be rational. And sometimes... I don't know, especially social media is tough because we do things that get reactions on there. Mm -hmm. uh, whether we like it or not, we may play into those hands, you know? So talking to someone, I feel like most of the time you'll be like, oh, okay. Like I would love to learn about why they think those things and I'm open to learn. So that's something I would like to hear about. You, you, know? you know, I think because I think it's so important to be willing to evolve your, how you think and have the discussions. Because I, I, I'm, I find this whole topic interesting and my views is constantly changing. When I was young, growing up, um, I didn't know any, any gay person. Right? And maybe they, and I, it turns out they were growing up, now they're adults, but you weren't allowed to come out to be mm. gay because to be gay was a negative thing. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, you'd even say, oh, that's gay, as in it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Right? Then, um, so that was, so then when I became an adult, I thought, okay, now I have gay friends. This is great. You know, I'm comfortable with mm -hmm. this and because I just wasn't used to it. And mm -hmm. I used to being with like a bunch of straight lads. And, um, so it's just something I had to get, I got used to and I thought, okay, now great. I know gay people and this is fine. or good. Then the next thing was the transgender th thing, right? I didn't know anyone who was transgender and uh, whenever there's change, there's initial part of resistance I have in me. I'm a bit like... I don't like to feel like someone's telling me what to say and mm. telling me to, words to use. But recently I was in uh, a, uh, a teacher 
or a training a training situation like i was okay i was observing a teacher training and one of the people put the hand and it was talking about adjustments physical adjustments mm. and one of the people put the hand up and said i'm a man and i'd feel uncomfortable uh adjusting someone of a different gender and then i noticed someone in the um someone in the group um found this kind of, I could tell by the reaction they found it kind of offensive that this person was saying I, I this is my well, mm-hmm. my assumption that, that um is that yeah is that that the they they found it maybe slightly uncomfortable this person saying a gender like it's male or female mm. you know that this is an issue but what I took from this really was I never thought someone would find that offensive all right mm. and I might close that window well, that you, dog. I can see that? you're hating the sound of that dog. You're like, God, I'm ruining my sound right. in here. <laughs> I have really noisy pipes in my house, uh. like from upstairs. And so when they turn on like the shower, like it, it rattles. Yeah. And if I'm mid like rant, I'm like, God, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Erica. Um, so, and then I, I, I thought to myself, right, th- this person who may be offended by this, um, I would say they're, I, I'm not, maybe they're like gender neutral. They're kind of like um, a bit like Jared Leto. Le- Jared Leto, who's a handsome Jared kid. Leto. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? He's androgynous, though. Androgynous. It's, that's yeah. it. Androgynous. That's the mm. word I'm looking for. And I thought to myself, I really like this androgynous person. Or this person who's kind mm. of like, um, you know, beautiful looking person who's a bit like Jared Leto. You know, like Jared Leto. Uh, if, look, you, if you had to date a man, it'd be Jared. Am I right? <laughs> Man, if I've not thought about that once, I've thought when about I say it a thousand that, times. When I say that, I mean hold her hands, take him out for dinner. Yeah, right, treat like, him right. Take it easy. Treat him right. <laughs> but um, he's a beautiful looking man. Anyway, uh, and I thought to myself, I've never thought, I've never seen, like, thought that someone could be offended by male, female. And just made me think, like, it, it made it more real. This is actually a real person who maybe grew up and was... You know, uh, we're not always like, okay, I'm born a boy, I'm a boy, Mm -hmm. I have short hair and, you know, I wear certain clothes. And it must be, um, you know, a challenge to kind of be, to want to be gender neutral and have people not not accept that. And now I am making a few assumptions here, but it just made made me think, I came home to my girlfriend, I said, you know what, Rach, I'm going to be more mindful when I uh, address people as male, female or... um, because I remember I was in another studio and one of the students wanted to be referred to as they, not he mm. or her. And initially I was like, oh, come on. You know, mm. This is a bit much. But now I, I see that if I meet the person and I see in their eyes that it would actually hurt their feelings, mm. then I wouldn't do it. Oh, but I think but I think that's the important thing. When none of us, I would like to think none of us want to upset someone. But I also think it's important to know that people aren't always doing things to upset you, even though... If, it, it might upset you, mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know. Uh, how similar is that to someone saying, Kev, I am quite religious, so I, I actually take a lot of offense when you curse going, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right? Fine. You might want to stop doing that, but you might slip up and say it. Yeah. I, is it for me then to go, Kev, you can't say that in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you how it makes me feel. But I just think, I just feel like we're. No, oh no, that, that's the that's the difference. You, you 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 have the right to say you can't say it, but I I don't have the right to ignore you. Yeah, um, this is but, it. Like I just think it's yeah. such a long road. Yeah. I understand. I get where you're coming from, which is a quite a compassionate place, which I agree. If I could manage to remember 
then sure. I've never had that problem, so I don't know that it is that hard really? to remember. I've never met anyone who's asked for that. To be called they? They, yeah. Interesting. Um, so I would have thought in London, it's a bit more... Yeah, but also I'm teaching less and less uh, public classes now. So, you mm. know, my interaction with that is, is less. Um, but yeah, it's just... Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think it's a case of we're just trying to be nice to each other regardless of the background. I don't think any one group should have uh, more bearing on anyone else than the other. And that goes across the board. That's why I was talking about being like ethically sound across the board. Mm -hmm. I can't say that and go, but I think that group should be treated better. You know, I don't think any group should be afforded any more rights than the others. That's what equality is. Mm -hmm. Equality isn't now propping up certain groups to have more rights. I think they should have, we should all have our rights. There should be enable rights that we're all afforded to just by existing. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you, um, when it comes to like being funny, I know you don't do many public class now, but being funny or uh, in class, do, do you, do you try to be funny in class? You know what? I'm glad you brought this up because you were talking on one of your podcasts before about you wanted to do some improv classes and stuff like that. And I, I always say it's such a unique set of skills to be a yoga teacher. You're not just a coach, you're an entertainer. Oh, nice. I've heard another very similar thing like that. Oh, I wish I could remember now. Like a nice mix of words. But yeah, the not idea a, is... Not a yogipreneur? No. Oh. I started to say now, I can't say... Un I Now every time I say, I say entrepreneur like that. Mm -hmm. And I never used to say, I used to say entrepreneur. But now I'm entrepreneur. like entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't... I, now I'm like croissant. I used mm. to just say croissant. Well, I've told... Croissant. No, I, I've always gone croissant. I kind of... I'm I like starting saying to put it. like... When I say like a word that's foreign, I try and put a foreign yeah. accent to it. Yeah. I've only started doing I that do, recently. I do it actually with this this country we're in right now, or the city we're in right now. What do you say? Like, hello? Du Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> I like to say we're in Dublin. I like to say I'm going to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a few like that. I really like putting the accent onto it. You know, yeah. paella. Yeah. <laughs> we'll really get into it. Um, speaking of which, we also discussed, Kev, how when you say, what is the word? That's Excellent. Like, yeah, it's so like Mr. Burns. It's so good. Uh, do yes. I, do I actually say that? No, you said it in the last podcast. with your, like, I said it like Mr. Burns. Yeah, with your lady that was had the twins. Oh, um, okay. So... Well, now I'm subconscious. <laughs> no, I think it's Go great. <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's such an interesting I'm sorry. skill set yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're kind of part stand-up comic, entertainer, public speaker, um, guru to some degree. You know, there's a lot of things to be a good teacher. Um, oh God. It's coming to me. What I like this where you're going said. with this, by the way. I like where you're it's going. It's just an interesting skill set, and to be good, if you imagine you have all these pillars of what makes you a good teacher, and instead of one being really good and the, the rest of being bad, if you imagine that was holding something up, that would make it crumble. Mm -hmm. Everything's got to have a basic standard, and then you kind of have to manage each one of those pillars well. So you can't just rely on just being funny for that hour. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't rely on just teaching their sonnets for an hour. Mm -hmm. You've got to give a bit of everything and giving too much of one may detract from another. Like That's so true. Eric has seen firsthand when I want to be very organized, I'll write out in my book and I'll be so stringent on trying to teach this flow that's very complicated. And it's very good. And I love this flow. And then in amongst that, I lose my personality altogether. Mm -hmm. No one gets to hear me say anything yeah. of interest. So you're trying to marriage all these things. So 
you're trying to make one solid unit out of what you're doing and not have it lopsided in any direction. That is so funny you say that, man, because, but I think actually what it does come down to is being comfortable being your your true self. Unless you're a shithead, then obviously uh-huh. that'd be your true self. <laughs> Pretend you're a cool person. <laughs> be someone else then. <laughs> exactly. No, I would disagree. I would say, be, be a, a shithead. Be a shithead because then the reaction <laughs> would be enough that people, you could then learn from that. The problem is when people act like there's something else and they never learn. Say the thing you were going to say, get the reaction, go like, oh, that was a bad idea. And then learn from that. Oh, Oops, so sorry about what that. Was that? It was just uh, the uh, clamp. Yeah. Um, I, I got, sometimes I'll do yoga glow classes mm-hmm. and I've done aloe moves as well. Mm-hmm. You know, online, and I've done YouTube videos. Sometimes oh. I'm at home and I'm like, I just want some, someone else to take the lead. And I've realized my most favorite teacher, without a shadow of doubt, nowhere even close, is, <laughs> is Dicey Decline. Dice, do you know who he is? Yeah, I know who he is. Right. Where's his stuff? Wait, the, where's it hosted and, on? And the reason is, uh, I love Doug Robson too. Thank you. The Downward Dog, check it out. His ab workouts. Uh-huh. Short on time. Check yep. him out. Uh, so, um, but um, because, where's he? He's Yoga Glow. Okay, well, so he's called, with it's now Jason called, Crandall. Yes. It's now, okay, so he's in great company there he's too. Now, he's now called, it's now called Glow. And Dice mm. was, Dice was my trainer on my 300 hour. Mm. And he's been on the podcast and stuff. He's on one of the early episodes. For a start, and I don't want to go on, but he's like one of the nicest people, sweetest humans mm-hmm. you can meet, right? But when he teaches, even on, on Yoglo, you feel like you're in the room with him. He is so, like, authentic. Mm. He's so... Personable. Uh, oh, man. It, and it's like, I don't, I don't know if you can... Don't know if you can teach that. But I think he's just... Um, he's really comfortable with his own skin. And when mm. he speaks, it's like he's speaking to you, not like he's just going through the motions mm-hmm. and now lift your leg up and now do this and now and now and now it's like he's chatting to you mm-hmm. and that is um that is that is part of being it's not really a public speaker but being um a good communicator isn't mm-hmm. it and that that is so making every person yeah. feel like they're the only person in the room and you're a great communicator well, Doug. well thank you very much but you are though but i i think when i teach classes it's i was actually watching a jordan peterson video recently which was about uh, anxiety and openness and conscientiousness and a mixture of personality traits and him explaining how I, nervousness in general i've noticed like my podcast next week is about nervousness and how i interview a few people to ask them how they deal with what they do before class you know and um i've had a real trajectory of being so nervous before class and wanting to vomit a lot mm. of the time and going like this is a bad idea i'm gonna look stupid i'm gonna look stupid and part of it is i was so vain that i couldn't handle getting something wrong and people looking at me and not liking something that i gave them mm-hmm. which is problematic in itself you know so it's been this journey of going one it doesn't matter that much you know it matters less than you think like when you get something wrong and two that you shouldn't you shouldn't be that self-conscious and then the other thing is that i've become more competent as a teacher and um john peterson was pointing out that the more competent you become the less nervous but he used a different word i forget what he used but the more uh, the less anxious like again i forget the word he used exactly neurotic mm. the more competent you become at something generally the 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 less, what word did I just tell you? Neurotic. Neurotic you're going to be because you have this faith in yourself. You're like, it's been fine last time. It'll probably be fine again this time. Mm. And I think 
the experience of being a teacher and having multiple classes under your belt where different things have gone wrong, like your phone ringing or like the lights going out or a fire alarm going on or you forgetting the left side. The more of those experiences you get under your belt, the more you realize after it was still okay. Mm-hmm. Life still went on. Yeah. And when you go into each class with that confidence, it gives you this calmness to take the class and know that not that you know every situation that'll come up, but you know that if a situation comes up, you can just handle it, mm-hmm. you know? Jordan Peterson also said, being a good communicator will enrich every single part of your life. Now I sit across from a lot of people and sometimes someone is, they, they, they're saying the right thing. Mm-hmm. Their body's moving the right, right way, but if you look into their eyes, their face, and they're not being themselves. Mm-hmm. Now part of that is probably because they're being recorded. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe, I remember I used to work with this geezer, I won't, I won't say his name, but, um, and I, I was like, what is the story? We'll call him James. Mm-hmm. What is the story with James? I was saying to one of my colleagues, and I said, I just can't put my finger on why I don't like the guy. That sounds mm-hmm. terrible. And I said, he's not comfortable in his own skin. You can tell he just doesn't, he hasn't really uh, got, doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that people can really feel it off you. I've actually haven't been to one of your classes yet, but, mm-hmm. I, uh, but I'm sure that, that type of um, using humor as well mm-hmm. and the skill of communication is, I, I think if you're not a good communicator, you're screwed in this. Yeah. In this you have a hard, you, you in, could actually have one of the best flows out there, great cues, but if you can't bring yourself, if you can't give some of yourself across there, why are people coming? Mm. Like, I think you're the same as me. I like I like to give my classes something that you won't get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I like to start bringing in skills like you were talking about knees over toes. And I have a similar <laughs> process to you where I practice it and think about different ways people might get into it and different options and regressions and progressions. Um, but for the most part, people come back for the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, so partly the flow, but a lot of the teacher, you know. Why would... I come learn warrior two with you as opposed to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something else you're providing in that class. You're providing, you're holding, I don't like to use holding a space because it sounds very yogic, but you're sure. providing an environment, an ambience mm-hmm. that may make people feel a certain way. And part of that feeling a certain way could be even a high five at the door on the way in mm-hmm. or something that you said during the class, you know, amusing or the fact that you didn't take yourself too seriously. So coming back to your question, do I like to use humor? Yeah. Does everyone find it funny? Almost sometimes, <laughs> but you know, you gotta be so you gotta be quite strategic when you strategic. Yeah, strategic. I like to be strategic. <laughs> you gotta be strategic when you uh, when you use humor. Like if someone if the teacher tries to be funny while you're in a balancing posture, I'm like shut the and just mm-hmm. tell us how many breaths we got left or what to focus on. Mm-hmm. But like I think using humor works sometimes. You know, um, like um, but when generally when you're not trying to balance on one leg, mm-hmm. for example. And also, I think humor works if you're not trying to be funny, mm. but something happens and you, and you react ca- to you it. You capitalize yeah, yeah. on a funny moment. Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got a few in the bag that I like to put out. You know, the you, problem is when, you, if you have <laughs> students that come back, you can't use the same material. You've either got to get new material or new audience. Yeah, like, exactly. That's your thing. Especially if they're sitting right at the front and you're like, they've heard this joke a couple yeah. times. I can't do it again. But then you can, if you do that enough times, you can make that a joke in itself. <laughs> exactly. Do you ever do the one, this is a classic one, mm-hmm. where like your rolling's alive down and you go 
you count down from ten, you get to three, and you say three like a few times. You've done no, that. Never do that. Mate, you, I what, never you're do that. To one. Have it. No, I, <laughs> your stuff is better. Lowest common denominator there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Oh, you got, I'm you not, got two you're and Laurel a half. Hardy, mate. You're Laurel <laughs> Hardy. <laughs> you? You're Gervais. <laughs> I'm Gervais. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, yeah, there's a few that I. I'm not even gonna. I actually got one. I'll tell you afterwards. Which I can't is, tell us now. And I can't because I don't want to give this to everyone. The yoga teachers listening, give them one bit of dog gold. All right. Okay. It's not even mine. I think I took it from someone else. Yo, after listening to your Brian Malone one, I am magpie oh. galore. Like, I go to as many classes as I can and take as much as I can. Um, so this one... What happened to Brian Malone one? What do you mean, the Brian Malone one? He talks about being a magpie. A oh, magpie, magpie. Yeah, yeah. sorry. And I was like, this is, this is what the world's around. Everything's been done already. Yeah. The world now is about curation, not creation. You just out there to distill as much information as possible. Yeah. People have access to all the yoga information. They come to your class though because they assume that you've done the legwork, mm. you've curated it in such a way, distilled it down to give back to them in an easily consumed way. Look oh, like videos. Well said. Thank you very much. Um, yes. So this is the one. Uh, so in a lot of positions, we talk about that pelvic. We have that pelvic tilt ready. Okay, we tuck the tailbone under, bring navel in towards spine, shorten the distance between your ribs and your hips. All good things to say, but you can see some people still struggle. Often warrior two, for instance, people bums really stick out because it's a little bit easier on the hips if you do that. So, and I hope I'm giving credit to the right person. Maybe Georgie Green told me this one. You want to think about the hips tucking under, so you want to think. More Michael Jackson. I, less knew, I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, uh, maybe Erica did. Yeah, I couldn't remember who told I me. Got, I got that one from Dice. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. There I was. Think... Say again. I got it from Chris. No, oh, maybe everyone knows this one already. Chris Feld. Yeah. By the way, I always leave a, like, a little pause after that for the laugh. Always. <laughs> always do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> or this is a good one. If they don't laugh, you just go, I normally get a better response for that. Yes, good one. Yeah, exactly. And again, if you don't care, like I feel like coming back to what you were saying about people being comfortable in their own skin, here's my theory on that, yeah. is that the person has known themselves longer than anyone else. So you're using them as the first point of contact of how you should react to them. And that nervous face, oh, wait, I mean, that wait, confused wait. face. Sorry, say, say that again. <laughs> okay, the person in question. Me, Kevin, you Kev Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Erica. No, this is good. This Table. Is All right, let's we'll build it up slowly. So Kevin, let's say you. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, you've known yourself longer than anyone else, yes? Fact. Okay? Fact. Right, so far so good. So when I see you, you're my first port of contact, point of contact of how I should be feeling about you. Okay? So if I'm looking at you and you feel embarrassed by yourself, like right now, like now yeah <laughs> then i'm straight away gonna go hmm that is suspicious uh, if he doesn't believe in himself why the hell should i mm -hmm. you know which if i look at you and you're fairly confident mm -hmm. i'm going okay he may be misled by what he thinks but at least he believes that so there's probably something in this mm -hmm. you know and i feel like the same with embarrassment embarrassment is a closed what are they called? a closed system you know and if you don't feel embarrassed it refers somewhere else so if you do something in class that you make a mistake and you don't feel embarrassed, it kind of goes like, oh, hang on. Well, it's not just push somewhere else. You know, you don't have to take it on. You can turn it into something else if you want. You can mold it into whatever you want it to be. Like I've, I've fallen out of form stand in a class before. Oh, yeah. 
And then that's when I realized I can roll out of them really well. Oh, nice. And I was like, from now on, I'm going to use that as gold to be like, yeah. if you go too far, you can roll out. Exactly. You yeah. know, and yeah, again, yeah. it's those things. You're like, what am I going to do with this situation? And also, I think there's something about humanizing yourself by not being able to do everything for one mm. and to showing your flaws, even if it's stumbling on words. Yeah. I think people react to it. Same with these podcasts. We're talking about the editing and stuff. And I'm like, I want to show that I stumble on my words because sometimes that's the funniest thing I've done in the podcast, mm -hmm. you know, even with the Instagram story, it shows that you're not on all the time. You know, I think I explained this before with Superman, they had to write kryptonite into the story because their sales were so bad Yeah, because they were like, why is no one? Because the human story is someone comes up against something that is a challenge and there is some sort of jeopardy, but somehow despite the fact they have weakness, they still do well. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, I think, as a teacher, when you're not trying to be so so contrived or so well rehearsed that you know exactly what you're going to say at every moment. That's what you're talking about when you react to something in the class and it's funny. That's why that's funnier than if you had planned a joke, yeah. because it shows a bit of wit. You're like, yeah. he's in the room with us. Yes. He saw that. That's a shared experience for all of us. Hey, we're in a group here. Yeah, that's good, though. And I think that's part of it, you know. Yeah, I'm conscious of your time. Can we carry on chatting? Or Mate, we can carry on. The, the only thing we have to do is go to your class. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, we'll come to your... And eat. Yeah, and eat. What's, what are we doing? Okay, it's like 25 past 11. So... Yeah, oh, we're good. Like, we're so good. A, a couple more things I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, kind of going slightly back to the cultural appropriation thing. Mm -hmm. Do you use... Um, uh, Indian hairdress in my class. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is it too far <laughs> so yeah what's your indian name um, yeah <laughs> so um no um it's not what it's how <laughs> whoa uh-huh thank you <laughs> yes go on do i use arms <laughs> well again spoiler alert for this next podcast i do next week but i was saying how in, inspired by you i i i don't do arms only because i'm self-conscious of my arm so i've started doing it in my own practice now because i really like doing it in class when i'm taking someone's class do you want to have a go now we can let's <clears throat> be the second time I do it. yeah okay come on do i well, together should i should i go for it should i just do one you, you lead it okay eric is dying of embarrassment over there <laughs> <clears throat> all right everyone's doing this by the way i'll okay. do it i'll do it okay me. yeah yeah you can you do it okay. okay you deserve it all right it'd be like a harmony First, like a barbershop kind of quartet yeah or, sure Quartet, what's triple? Trip, uh, triptet. Three, triptet. Yeah. Trio? I don't know. Trio. So get a comfortable seat. Just get a nice tall spine. Let's <laughs> just make sure we're nice breathing together. So deep inhale. And one exhale. Deep inhale. And now we on. That's pretty good. Yeah. Do you know what's yeah? Do you know nah. what's weird about this too is because I have your head. If you don't understand the podcast, I've got his. Yeah. My headphones are linked into Kevin's microphone, and yeah. vice versa. So, so that I, was a real trip when I was listening to you while I was doing. I was like, "This is going pretty well." And Erica, er, Erica left us hanging. <laughs> she was like, "See ya." She was like, but, "No thanks." Yeah, but also. Um, it's the thing is it is 
some people spell it O-M. Some people spell it A-U-M. 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 Yeah, that's the one I've always been taught. So, uh, so um, I, that's what I say. Um, mm-hmm. I like that one. You don't do that. You go, oh, oh. I just got flustered. There was a lot going on there. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, normally, I would do that. I've also found what I quite like about the om is I know the times it comes out well are when I'm not thinking too much about it. I'm not thinking about myself, Yeah. which is another thing I want to talk about. Filming yourself while doing yoga, not when you're like recording a class to put on YouTube, but like when I use my phone during a class, I'm I'm not doing that anymore. When I'm doing like my own session at home, because I feel it changes my yeah, same here. It, it changes it too much. It takes me out of what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be feeling my same. body from the inside out. I used to and do what that, that too. does, it mm-hmm. makes me think, oh, there's a camera on me. So if I want to show you something I've been working on, I'll go for it. But now I'm like, I it's in my head constantly, and I feel like that's what's happening with social media. We're like, I'm doing this thing. What if a photo was taken right now? You're like, that's mental. Mm-hmm. Like that really takes us out of our bodies. Yeah, I was like that at the start. I, I, I was recording myself, did the time-lapse me doing yoga. And then I thought to myself, hey, I'm not going to do that because I'm just self-conscious about, it's like it's a performance. Yeah, and, and yeah. this is not supposed to be for other people, it's supposed no, to be for me. Exactly. When you were talking again on your last podcast about how far we let social media into our lives and how you are saying you're going to use it a little bit less, I was making those flyers with Canva and you go to get them printed and they'll say, have you checked the bleeding lines? So basically you can't put any text too close to the edges because it won't come out properly. It kind of distorts the message. And I was thinking that is so analogous to social media. <laughs> Those bleed lines, how far you're giving oh, yourself nice. between your life and what other people see. And there's nothing wrong with having a big bleed line where you go, you know what? I will only show you this much of my life and the rest is for me mm-hmm. and for what I have going on. You know, I don't have to show you everything. Mm-hmm. But some people though, if their job is like within that realm of like, I'm a lifestyle person, uh-huh. then they, they document their lifestyle. I but, still think but, they should have something for them. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. But I, I think for, for me, as I said on the last podcast, I just like to, um, I just don't want to be, constantly use my phone right. and that's why I because what you do is you end up you become being, a victim to yourself yeah exactly you do it once and you're like I should do this more so, sorry so back you, to your question but, but, um. yeah um. so uh, just to say that with um, I always do ums in my class I like to do three at the start uh-huh. and sometimes one at the end and I find that I like the, the philosophy behind it I don't go into it in detail in class uh-huh. because you, you know you don't want to you have limited time too yeah, yeah. you got to like uh, uh, but what I just uh, put it this way it makes me feel good and mm-hmm. I think when you chant when you make that that vibration and everyone's on the same vi- everyone's on the same vibration it creates that sense of unity and it's a bit like I, I say in class sometimes it's a bit like a football chant but you don't need to know the words mm-hmm. when you go to Croke Park you sing a song and you feel connected to everything mm-hmm. around you when you sing together this is great because you don't need to know the lyrics. It's just one syllable. It's pretty primal. And that's the idea, right? Primal, that exactly. sound is the sound, the universal sound. Creation. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I like it for that. And I know, and I also say namaste because I I know some teachers that will say cheers or thanks. And that's fine. But for me, I don't go down the pub and say namaste when I have a pint. Mm-hmm. I don't drink anymore. But I say cheers. So mm-hmm. for me, when I say namaste, it's like I'm in yoga. It contextualizes what exactly, you're doing. Exactly. Uh-huh. I heard an interesting podcast about that, actually, about namaste and the history of it and how they uh, they were saying how it's a very formal way 
to say hello and like you would never say it and i was like okay maybe but now it's become its own thing and exactly. now in a yoga class it is a sign of respect he was saying how the the translate we've taken it very literally to say i see the divine in you and he was saying i mean that's the translation but that's not actually how they use it in india and i was like okay but even isn't that even cooler that we've had this thing that didn't have meaning we've attached meaning to it and now it has this beautiful meaning like What's, What's wrong with that? Well, listen to this. The next time you answer the phone, if you say hello, you're using it out of context. How about that? Because mm, hello, boom. You, yeah, boom. Alexander Graham Bell, when he was testing the phone out with Edison, um, hello was you used used to be a hundred years ago. Hello was used as a form of expression, like hello. What's this? Oh, get oh, out! Really? Yeah, I'll go hello, like as in I uh, express surprise. Uh -huh. So when Edison and Bell were testing out the phone, which obviously mm -hmm. Alexander Graham Bell invented. Um, Edison was like, hello, you know, and that, and then that, and then Bell. That is fascinating. Because Bell's, um, he wanted to say ahoy. Yeah, because that, that was proper hello then. Yeah, ahoy, yeah. like it was a hunting call as well. Um, and Bell decided that hello sounded like clearer over the mm. phone. So, and that's why hello now is the most common way to answer the phone. Which is funny because um, if he had a nervous disposition, then we may have just been answering the phone like, ah, like that may have been hello. Because you know, we were going like, ah, that's quite good. Um, it's funny. It's the same with um, trapeze. If you do trapeze, you don't say ready because ready can sound like a lot of other things. So they say listo, which is then a lot Least easier to, listo, oh, okay. which is some language for I use the example of that phone. You're using trapeze. Oh. <laughs> uh, we have so different backgrounds. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, different yeah, backgrounds. Like, you know when you're doing trapeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really liked it. I really liked it. Um, so you say, uh, is that a French word? It may well be, yeah. yeah. Listo was like, the, like how you say you're ready. I've forgotten. There was some very good example of it. It said ready can sometimes sound like something else. Mm. Oh, or go can sound like no. Mm. That's the real problem. Mm. Um yeah, Kev, I feel like, so you're asking, is it cultural appropriation? I say, maybe, who cares? Yeah. Those are my two answers to that. Yeah. I mean, if if this, yeah, I was going to say, if there's someone who feels really strongly, but no, I don't feel like that. Yeah, so Spanish. Spanish, there Ooh, you go. Spanish, thanks, Eric. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like there's, I listen to your podcast, and I feel like there should be a app on your podcast where you can ask questions while you're listening so like or like adding comments in do you know what i mean in real time so it'll be like at this at this uh time point you're like oh kevin said this and this is mm. what i would say because i find it so interesting like i feel like interaction would be great which is i guess why your live ones sell so well yeah i th yeah the the that one got coming up in a few weeks with dan um there's like almost 30 people booked into that but I, I, that's why I suppose next time we do this, we can do a live uh. Q and A. I would uh, like that. Yeah, I would like that. Actually, my workshop in Yoga Hub's changed now, so it's the next week. So I don't know if you're still doing your teach training, but we could do that. We, it's yeah. like the first or something. We'll look at that. Okay, we'll look at that. Um, but yeah, we could do something like that. I, yeah. I feel like that is cool because that's the next step, right? Is to these podcasts, like we're discussing in the car here, make people feel like they are in the room. Yeah, and that's why it's soothing. Because you feel like you're having a conversation with people, especially why did, in Why did your voice just get deeper there? I don't know. You're just getting on sultry now. <laughs> <laughs> it's my arm. My arm has brought out this. Yeah, there you go. You've yeah. opened up your throat chakra. Uh -huh. Exactly. Which is, exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is now why I'm speaking so uh, eloquently <laughs> yeah. and deeply. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I feel like that is the next 
um, step is to make it actually have people in the room, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Bring people together. It's what yoga is, community, you know, union, not only body, mind, spirit, but also people, which I think is always important. I think that's why classes are great. And I love doing my online stuff and putting out videos, but I would encourage people, go to a class, man. Go, mm-hmm. go and plug yourself into a community because it's getting harder to do. We don't have churches anymore, really. Yeah. A lot of people are being put off by church, but mm-hmm. yoga is pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go there and meet other people. Man, that's what, it's, that's what I've been saying lately. I'm like, there used to be a time within my lifetime where Sunday was a day of rest. We didn't mm-hmm. do anything on a Sunday. We, all the shops were closed. And now it's a case of we're always on the go. Uh-huh. We've always got something to do. And if you're not working, you you have your phone with you. So you're like, I can reply to those emails. I can mm. send those messages. So you're always on. And if, when you go to yoga class, it says, there's a sign outside most yoga studios saying no phone or yeah. turn your phone off at least. Or, normally it just says mobile free zone. So your phone is off, you're with other people, you're chanting, you're have your hands in namaskar, you know, mm. in, in the prayer position. And it is a bit like a church, but it's... Um, it doesn't require, I feel like, you to buy into a lot of things. Mm. That, you know, the barrier is quite low. We're not saying you're wrong or right doing these things. Mm. And also, I feel like it's not about providing answers, but rather questions. Ooh. You know, you're getting people to come in there and go, right, why do I feel like this? Yeah. Why, am I t- why do I get so angry about that? Because mm. that's the big thing. Again, this is, I think it's the same line of logic for me as the offense thing. Mm. Yeah, someone cutting me up isn't great in traffic. But why do I get so angry? Yeah. That's not their fault. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's something going on with me. And that's, no one wants to do that. No one wants to go, what in me is making me react like that? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a, a fully actualized person cannot be moved by anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so sure about themselves. It doesn't matter what someone else says or does to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like there's something bigger there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we'll go, we're going to get some grub. But I just want to ask you um, before we finish... Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think the, about community and stuff. This is probably a re- I assume this is the reason why you're getting more involved in retreats. So this is a perfect time mm-hmm. for you to sell some stuff. Man, I tell you what, retreats. And you're so right. For me, the retreats came about as an extension of how I like to travel. Often I like to travel. I don't always have the ability to get people to come with me, my friends, because they have different schedules. So I loved the idea of traveling while making friends, doing the things I like to do, yeah. which are yoga seeing sights and training and eating together. I miss eating together. You know, I live yeah, I live on my man. own in London and it's so nice. You sit around the table. So, yeah. yeah. So I had this retreat in Bali, which was my first. This has been a year first for me. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And uh, it's funny, the whole process, you have to think about it, like organize everything. And I'm not particularly well known for my organization. So the night before, I was so nervous. I was like, I've forgotten something. Like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to, like, I would have booked it for the wrong week. You know, there's like, there's something obvious, but it was, it was great, you know, and I really enjoyed it. So as we finished, I was like, we're doing the same place again next year. So we've got this lovely dual luxury villa with interleading doors. So it's eight, uh, eight beds, um, four on either side and the interleading doors, two private pools. uh, And then we have a trainer staying at each side. So this time what we're going to do is divide people up kind of into teams and every day there'll be like a silly competition between mm-hmm. each side. So we'll have a red side and blue side and each one of them will have their trainer. Mm-hmm. But as always, there's CrossFit every morning, uh, which we rent out the space in Wanderlust Bali, which is a beautiful place. Um, 
We've got Tom Bliss and Courtney Pruce with us. So we're training with them every day, yoga and meditation with me, and then excursions, all food, beach clubs, uh, waterfalls, uh, temples, the lot, all included. I just changed it this time. I don't know, you remember the currency there? It's mental, like 18,000 to one. So (laughs) we're forever stopping to draw cash. I just said, you know what? Now you just get yourself to Dempitsar Airport. And then once you arrive, you don't take your wallet out. If you didn't want to draw money, you don't have to. So I just thought that is a better system than stopping for money. I wanted to make it freer this time, but I was like, nah, I think let's not stop for money. Everything is included. Yeah, great idea. So we, so we got that. And then more close to home, we got Sri Lanka in March 1st to the 8th, which was the D Fits. I don't know if you know her. MMA boxing girl from Dublin. She's a real cool girl. What's that? Galway. From Galway. But she's based in Dublin. Um, and she's going to come with us. We're going to do boxing, yoga, and surf lessons in Herakatia in Sri Lanka. So if you need any more information, email me yoga at thedownwithdoug.com or check out my website, thedownwithdoug.com or Instagram. Guess what? Also, thedownwithdoug. Make sure you put the because there's other ones out there. Beware of cheap imitations. The <laughs> downwithdoug. I'm just sitting back and watch that poach emotion. <laughs> thank, thank God for that. Um, I don't know what happened. I blacked out. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, um, Doug. Hey, it's oh. uh, as always a pleasure. Yeah, go on. You close off. No, you go on. You no, go. I said it's always a pleasure <laughs> being here. I like. I kind of always sad when we have to stop chatting. I feel like yeah. there's important stuff to discuss here. Like, <laughs> like I said, when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, oh, this is so right, you know. And I'm like, I'm answering for you, and or like wanting to interject and say, oh, what about this? So yeah, keep up the good work, is me. Thank you, sir. Next one we we'll do will be live then. All right, can't wait. IG live thing. Nice. Done. We're done. That's All right. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Just speak to you next time. <laughs> Boom. That is all from the Downward Doug. Until next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends on your IG stories or leave a review on iTunes. That always really helps. If you'd like to come to an event, check out Heels Overhead in Sligo, December 14th in Salt and Soul. That is on a Saturday. So if you'd like to come down for the weekend, make a little trip of it, a little excursion. All information can be found on my website, kevinball.ie, kevinballyoga.ie, because I don't have the domain Kevin Ball. He won't give it to me. Come on, Kev, give it up. Um, so if you, uh, yeah, kevinballyoga.ie is where I have all the information, but you can also find information and book directly on saltandsoul.ie. Yes, thank you again as always, and thank you so much to my sponsor, Small Changes, the organic, eco-friendly, plant-based store here in Ireland, Dublin, John Condra, soon to be in Glasnevin. Check them out if you fancy supporting the local community and supporting your own inner ecosystem. You can bring down your cup, they'll do a refill for you. They've got a juice bar, zero waste, zero waste ethos, I always struggle with that those words so yeah that's all for me for now Um, as always appreciate your support so much for listening and uh, i'll catch up with you next week bye